Welcome to the Career Fluencer Podcast. This is Chrissy Cochran. I'm a singer-songwriter currently based out of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. I grew up around music and I always knew that I wanted to be a musician. I feel like it was just something in my blood. It's been a really long and beautiful journey. I feel like I have learned so much. I'm just always so excited when I get a chance to share some of that. When I grew up in a small town, pretty much all the music I was exposed to was just what was on the radio, really popular mainstream music. It didn't really occur to me that people were just making music at a regional level until I saw like a group of singers the next town over and I bought their CD. And I remember bringing it to school and showing all my friends and being like, I met these people. Because to me, the idea of meeting someone who had made a CD was so beyond my idea of of what was possible. When I started to be a teenager and started really writing my own songs, um, I started performing them almost right away. So I grew up in a small town in Nova Scotia, the east coast of Canada, and the nearest city is Halifax, and it was about an hour away. I would escape to the city whenever I could. Me and my friends would drive up and I started playing shows there where there is really a melting pot of music and art. So when I finished high school, that's where I ended up for a few years. And, um, you know, like a lot of young musicians, I wasn't really thinking too far ahead into the future. I was just kind of living day by day and just enjoying the little spoils that I would get here and there, you know, like a festival opportunity or, you know, opening in a really cool theater or something. I remember I played a uh, just like a local show when I was in grade 12. And one of my uh, you know, friends in school was actually a journalist at a newspaper already in the area. And she came out to the show and interviewed me. And it was the very first article that I ever had published. She wrote about how like I was totally different after I had played and I had like this different energy about me. And before I had played, I had this sort of like attitude of, well, maybe I'll do music or maybe I won't. Like, we'll just kind of see how this shakes out. And then after I played, I was like, yeah, no, I really want to do this. And I feel like that happens almost every time I play a show where, you know, you go into it and you're like, how's it going to go? Is this, you know, you're nervous. There's so much going on and there's so much prep that goes into a show. And, you know, sometimes in that moment of nervousness and anxiety, you're kind of like, oh gosh, what am I doing? And then afterwards, you just, you know, you have this euphoria, this glow and feeling of of gratitude and and joy. And that's, I think, when you're like, yes, this is what I am meant to be doing. And I knew that that was what I wanted to do for a living. I mean, I had more practical plan B kind of ideas. But, you know, when I finished high school, I I didn't want to go into journalism or go into post-secondary although that would have been, you know, a great fallback. But ultimately, my heart was in music. I heard about this great program that was being offered at the college across the harbor in Dartmouth. It's a program just for music business people. So I took that. It was a one-year certificate, and it gave me basically all the tools that I needed to be a self-managed independent artist. So it's a little bit of knowledge on you know, how to book your own shows, how to record your own music, how to design your own promotional material. So after I took that course, I, my career just kind of took off. It was such a huge part of my life from day one that it really makes sense the way that my life has turned out. And uh, I feel like a lot of us have notions of wanting to be famous, even mildly so. And, uh, you know, that's a really dazzling, glamorous picture, but there's so much hard work that goes into it. I 
I've never really wanted to be like a big stadium kind of artist. Like I am pretty shy normally and like I love what I do, but I'm not the greatest in the world. And I feel like I'm kind of aiming for this like middle ground where I can still go out in public and have anonymity and not be under so much intense scrutiny. Like I personally wouldn't want to be a mega superstar and have everything that I do under a microscope and have this life that is like so out of touch with how the whole world lives. You know, I thought I was going to live in a one bedroom apartment forever. And I still think I'm probably going to never retire. I'm just going to work every day of my life probably. But at least I picked a career path that I really like and a job I really like and won't mind doing when I'm old and gray. But I always just wanted to have a house and a car and a family. And uh, all those things came together in 2018, like all in a matter of a couple months. And I'm, those things are kind of just all happenstance. Honestly, the only thing that my career really brought was the house that I actually had a song go viral on Spotify. And um, it did make enough money for me to put together a down payment on my first home. So that is amazing. It's like a total stroke of luck to have something like that happen. It's just in music, you just want to be in the pile of submissions. And the more often you can be in that pile, you know, the better your chances of something crazy good like a Spotify hit and your down payment on your first home happening. <laughs> but it's funny. I feel like as an artist, we're constantly chasing that feeling. And, you know, it's elusive. Um, it, it disappears pretty quickly after after you get it. So you're kind of just constantly chasing your next musical high, whether that's a gig or a recording project or, you know, maybe like a video shoot or a collaboration. There's so many different aspects of, of your career that you can get this kind of high from. I feel like self-confidence has been uh, a really major overarching theme in my journey as an artist because it's something that I kind of had in the beginning. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was so focused on, you know, relationships and guys, and I wasn't even really thinking about everyone who's in the room with me. I'm usually just focusing on one person. But the older I got, I just I feel like I got more aware of the world that I was in and all the people that were in there with me. And I actually started to experience anxiety about 10 years into my performing career when I had already played hundreds of shows and done some of the biggest you know things in my career at that point in time. And it took a lot of different lifestyle changes to sort of bring me back to the stage again. Because for a while, I was so anxious that I felt sick every time I had a show. And I was like, I can't keep doing this to myself. There's no price that it's worth for me to put my body through this and my mind through this every time I have to work. And, you know, I think that's that's something that came from being true to myself this whole time, because I've I've never really tried to be someone that I'm not, but I did have a big stylistic change that felt really challenging. There was a lot of pressure to present myself a certain way and a way that I enjoyed to present myself. You know, when I was in the folk world, it's very much an au natural, grassroots, hippie kind of vibe. But once you're getting into jazz and soul, you're talking cocktail lounges and private parties and exclusive events, and you've got like a wealthy clientele that you're catering to. And there's just an expect expectation of, you know, glamour and sort of like a projection of affluence, which is funny because, you know, artists are so poor and, you know, on the surface, we might look very glamorous, but behind the scenes, you know, most of the time that's not the case. So. But in making my music, I've always been trying to express something that's true about me. I've never said, oh, you know, I need to write a song that does this or says this. Like, 
it, it it's got to be something that I feel in my heart. You know, to, to me, if it's not good enough for me, it's I'm not going to put it out there. There's no amount of compliments that will make me feel good about something if I don't already feel good about it myself. And I think that sort of following my own internal compass is, is what has allowed me to maintain my confidence. And also just, you know, it, it's like a muscle that you need to practice being confident. Um, if you don't do something often enough, it's very hard to feel confident about your ability to do that thing, whether that's writing or performing or recording. You have to do it often. And I feel like confidence isn't something that is innate. It is something that you do have to earn in a way. And mostly that's just through experience. But I think it's also through staying true to yourself and looking inward at what it is that you want to make, what kind of legacy you want to leave behind, and making sure that if you're pursuing art or if you're pursuing any kind of passion, really, that that's the thing that you really want to do because you only have one life. So it, it just seems really important to me to make sure that you love what you're doing. Usually there'll be some sort of big event that will bring me to my instrument and get me to start writing a song. But sometimes I just sort of collect ideas from everyday life. Like right now I'm working on a collaboration and uh, and I'm thinking about the time that we're living in right now that is so unlike any other time that has ever come before. And I know that all musicians and all artists are, you know, if they can, trying to use this great pause to try and create something. And, uh, and so I, I'm in that phase right now where I'm trying to think about what do I want to say right now to people? And sometimes that can be hard to wrap your mind around. And so for me, it's a, it's a mix of collecting ideas from everyday life and then just sitting down and working them out. Honestly, I used to wait for inspiration to strike and it, it doesn't work like that. You really do have to just sit down and try and not everything is great. Not everything works, but if you do it enough, it's a muscle. It's really important to me to try and make music that reaches people. And I think the easiest way to do that is to be one of them and to just be an everyday person. I think that's kind of the way that I can have the best impact is understanding the struggles that people are going through and being aware of what's going on in the world and not living in a bubble. It is good to understand struggle so that you can help other people through it, but you don't need to revel in it. You don't need to get too close to the darkness. You don't want to be consumed by it. I struggled so much with depression and anxiety, and I think I allowed a lot of that to fester because I thought it was going to help me create more meaningful songs. And it almost ended my music career because I couldn't I, I couldn't keep reliving all of that darkness every time I played those songs. And I had to find a way out of it. And I think that finding a way out of it helped me make better songs. Um, but, you know, it, you got to be careful. And, you know, and I also do just feel that there are, you know, there's room for everyone to make music at every different level. And, you know, if you really want to be that big stadium artist touring the world 365 days a year, like, go for it, do it, especially like, you know, while you're young, I don't know, or while you're any age, really, like there's, there are so few barriers these days to getting your music out there. That's the great thing about the time that we're living in. All these gatekeepers that used to say, no, you're not good enough to be on the radio. No, you're not good enough to be in this recording studio. You don't need them. You can just make music yourself at home and put it on Spotify and, the middleman is gone. The gatekeepers are gone. So I feel like this is a really great era to try and shoot as high as you want to. But know that there are so many different degrees of where you may fall that may be just as fulfilling and rewarding and satisfying, you know, no matter how high or low they are on your scale of celebrity. And I feel like you have to at some point um, commit. And the big thing that that entails is 
constantly learning. There's so much to learn when you're a musician, especially if you're independent and you're trying to, you know, conquer social media and have great photos and great music videos. And you're learning about what's a marketing campaign and how do I send out press releases? All this info is out there online. You just have to realize that you're the person who needs to do it. You can't sit around waiting for uh, a manager or a booking agent or a label to scoop you up. A lot of the time when you're starting out, when people like that reach out to you, they might not have your best interests in mind or worse, you know, they're taking a cut of your money to do a job that you could do yourself. So, you know, aside from just getting into your workspace and making your music happen at a visceral level, I think you also just need to have this idea in the back of your mind that that you are the only one who is in this ship right now and you really need to be steering it. When I first started making music out in Halifax, I was really focused on the regional scene. So there are a lot of great singer-songwriters out there that are just, you know, that you can actually play a show with. But once I came to Windsor and started falling in love with Motown, I started discovering this entire century of great recorded music that was so world-class and that I hadn't even really been considering up until that point. I kind of felt like I just need to be as good as everyone else in my city. I don't need to be as good as, you know, people around the world. And then I realized, no, you should always be trying to improve your skills. That's kind of the point, I think, in life is to try and better yourself and use your talents. And for me, it came from listening to artists like Billie Holiday and trying to learn to grow my musical roots because sometimes when you start out, you just listen to what's on the radio and maybe you know stuff from like a couple decades before, but you know, sometimes your pool of reference is really shallow and it's good to try and explore and find out who influenced the people that influence you. And doing that, I think, helps you create a more rich and unique sound in your music. And that's something that became really important to me was trying to create something new, but understanding what has come before and trying to sort of stand on the shoulders of giants in that way and and inherit all of the musical knowledge that has come before as much as I can and try and build on that. So sonically, that's something that is really important to me as an artist. And I also feel that musicians have a great soft power of influence where the things that we talk about in our songs can be so meaningful and so deep. And every time you're writing a song, you have an opportunity to really touch people and to address things that can be too complex to just bring up face to face. You can create a safe space in a song and you can explore trauma even in a way that, you know, it, it, it's so much more relaxing and safe. And my last album is full of really, really complex themes like that. I'm talking about, you know, banishing negativity and reflecting on why the why we do the things we do and demanding self-respect and trying to find a, a place of resilience to come from in, in, in our lives. And, you know, for me and making my music and I think that messages and message songs are really important. I know it's good, too, to have songs that just make you feel good or they're just easy and carefree. But to me, I feel like message songs have become a big cornerstone of the sort of legacy that I'm trying to leave behind as, a, as an artist. 